Welcome to the Catch 'em and Keep 'em podcast with Melissa Glennie and Mark Altman. We're here to help you hire, engage, and retain the best talent to help you make your vision a reality. Welcome back to the Catch 'em Keep 'em podcast. Today, I'm so excited to be talking about time management and why you just can't get it right and how to fix that. So, Mark, I know if there's anybody that I can think of to talk about this with to really figure out how to solve this problem, you're the one. So thank you. <laughs> no pressure at all. Wow, that's a great vote of confidence. So I, I don't expect to be doing a lot of talking this time. I'm just heads up. <laughs> but I do have questions. Um, and no, okay. I do have some I do have some, some thoughts and kind of things to share with you. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where this came from for me. Um, I, I've been thinking about a lot about it for a while now because as you know, um, my, my husband and I are parents working full time and we were really proud that we made it through the latter half of the school term last year. And um, we just found out that our school district is not, is not going back into buildings. So we're gonna be doing remote learning. And um, last night was actually when it hit me that I really just feel like I, this, my selfish motivation, I wanna be thinking and talking about this and I hope it's helpful for other people because I was tuning into the school committee uh, feedback session, listening to parents and students. And my heart broke when I listened to some of these people, students alike, um, just from coming from all angles of, you know, how are we supposed to manage uh, you know, parents who are single parents and trying to work and have a four-year-old who's gonna be sitting at home, presumably trying to focus on school and, and students who, one student in particular, just broke down and started crying. It was like, we just can't do this anymore. And I just feel like there's so much weight on how to manage things. Um, and, and time seems to be one of those things that comes up so frequently, but I, it's, it goes beyond that. I, I realized that it's not just a matter of time management. There's something else at play. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of, where I'm coming from. And, and I, I feel like I've worked with so many people through the years and you train on time management all the time. So I'm, sh I'm sure you've seen this where I, I see people set things up, they get their time management system, they're good to go. And then they get derailed, fall into old habits, and then it just sort of disintegrates and then back at square one. Um, so I, I just feel like there is a missing piece and that's where this whole energy management piece um, kind of came in. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm going to pick up right where you were. And I think I, I love the fact that you started with with your school committee and family because um, I think the biggest starting point of an enemy for time or energy management is guilt. And I think what happens is we all feel like we're following um, these templates. So, for instance, we want to be available to our kids. Um, a lot of us feel more important now more than ever with all the you know, hybrid school and all this stuff. So we want to be available to kids. So number one thing is, if you have some time management issues, the first thing is diagnose how guilt plays into your decisions around time management. And by the way, Melissa, one of the things that pe people do things for others all the time that they don't even want them to do. Um, so, you know, if you're a parent, you're like, well, I need to be spending more time with my kids. Your kids may not need or want you to spend more time with them. But if you tell yourself that, it's going to impact your time management. Mm -hmm. The second thing is protection. 
And what I mean by protection is people can be, many people in our world are very guarded with their money. You hear a lot of people that can be very guarded with their money, but not as many people for some reason are guarded with the most valuable commodity, which is time. You know, when it comes to protecting your time, understanding like, this is my time, whether it's with my family, whether it's with clients, whether it's with employees, whether it's with prospects, whoever you're spending projects, tasks, wherever your time is going, you need to really value, hey, this is my time. I wanna make choices on how the best ways to spend my time. And we need to look very carefully on what are not only the best ways, but what personally are the ways we wanna spend the time. And lastly, Melissa, the biggest of all is the biggest of all, which is the phrase time management or energy management is enormous. There are so many aspects to time and energy management. There's so many things that factor in it, contribute into it. And Melissa, you know, we've talked about this. When we talk about growth or behavior change or habit improvement, the first thing you have to do to make it successful is make it incremental, small doses, small pieces. So when it comes to time management, if you say, oh God, I am not great at time management or I need to improve at time management, then that seems like such a daunting task. What do you need to improve? Where are you falling short? Because it's not everywhere, but you have to zero in on what it is. Yeah. Mark, you've talked, I've heard you talk before about the concept of MITs, most important tasks. It, and, I, and I'm assuming that's something that you coach around um, since you've brought it up in some of your writing and speaking. Can you just for our listeners kind of, um, share a little bit about the methodology behind MITs? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, I think um, there are tasks that, there are three kinds of tasks you have to do, right? I'm putting this in very simple terms, right? You've got your everyday tasks that you're supposed to do, such as checking and reading emails and such. You've got your larger project level tasks that aren't immediate gratification that are gonna take some time to complete. And then there's the tasks that you may tend to procrastinate and avoid because either they're not fun, um, they feel like they're gonna take longer time than you really have to give. There's lots of reasons. So the MITs to me is the first thing you have to do is every day start your day with something that you're likely to procrastinate or avoid doing as opposed to getting the immediate gratification win of getting two or three simple tasks out of the way. The second thing I think that's really important with that is, um, Understanding the, uh, understanding the goals of each level of task. For instance, if I'm getting my website live, and Melissa, we know we both had enough aggravation with that, but if I'm getting my web website live and there's 10 steps to do it, and one of the steps is review content, well, that's gonna take a long time, reviewing content for a website. So if I look at that task as a most important task, I might put it off because it seems long and it's not immediate, but I look at it and I say, wait, if I do that, what will it allow me to do the next day? Or what will it allow me to do for my business? So there's a thought process and there's an internal talk track that I think you have to go to because it's one thing to do the most important tasks. It's another thing altogether to understand why in the short term and long term they'll benefit you. Mark, that's such a great point. I'm glad you bring that up. And I think that, you know, there's something that occurred to me recently when I was going out for a jog at a time of day when I, I needed to get it done, but I knew it wasn't my prime time for physical exercise. And so it's 
I, I knew it was going to feel like I had lead in my shoes. And it, I just started thinking about how our energies, different energies flow and how we use those optimally, you know, in scheduling our time. So when I think about MITs, it just occurred to me that I've always thought, well, your M most important tasks, right? You put them first. But then I considered, you know, I've always thought about it in terms of putting it first on a chronological timeline. But what if we say I put it first in assigning it to when I know that I'm at my energetic prime, so it gets the best attention possible? That, and that might be at the beginning of the day, but it might not be. Well, I think that's an enormously important point. And my daughter, Kyra, who you know, she talks about circadian rhythms a lot when she does her you know, work smarter, not harder class. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, Melissa, I think what you said is so important because watch, watch how it plays out. If, you, if in the middle of the day, your circadian rhythms are, the typical approach a lot of people take when managing their energy and time is, you know, in the morning, you know, you get all the things you need to do out of the way. They may not be MITs, but you get all the things you do out of the way. And then when you hit that mid-afternoon spot, two things happen. One, the circadian rhythm problem. And the other problem is your brain's a little taxed by that point because you've been at it for four, five, six hours. So your motivation and willingness to do the MITs at that point it, and discipline is going to go way down because of those factors. That's an awesome point. I'll give you an example. You know, I do my best creative work first thing in the morning, like wee hours. If I can wake up at three in the morning, I, there's, I can get so much done between three and seven if it's creative or even decision-making stuff. I can look at it and within 15 minutes decide how I'm going to approach something. Whereas in the end of the day, I can look at it for a half an hour and make no progress like what you're referring to, that mental fatigue. Um, but if I had to first thing in the morning, get a bunch of paperwork out of the way, I, I would be so bunched up with anxiety over not getting important stuff done that I would drive myself insane. So, but I can do that at the end of the day because I know I'm burnt. So. Yeah, well, Melissa, and I think you're touching upon something else that's critical because when I'm hearing you say that, I mean, thinking about times that entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals, um, we'll work 10, 11, 12, 13 hours in a day. And part of time management is not always, was I able to get everything done? It's, was I able to get everything done to the quality level that I would want to do it? And so what you're talking about made me think of how many people, part of time management and energy management is, if it's not your optimal thinking and creative time, if you get it done, did you manage your time properly? Or did you just check it off your list to say you could get it done without the requisite quality? So I think it's twofold, right? It's when your optimal time is, and also when you're going to be able to give the most quality work, you know, at what you're doing. Yeah. And you, you know, you and I being entrepreneurs and business owners, I think you, we've had a lot of opportunity to develop these awarenesses. And, you know, because I, I just noticed we're, we're, we're wearing all these hats. So over time, you notice that, geez, I, I wrote that blog really quickly, you know, but then another time it's like, well, geez, how come I can't seem to get this going? You know, so just those kinds of things have just uh, organically developed for me. But I, I was thinking, you know, if someone isn't in the position that you and I are in, maybe they're earlier in their career, what, what advice would we give? So they would be able to develop these awarenesses. And I know last time we talked, I suggested a time study 
which I've done um, and was very insightful for me before, but I think there's a, a, an insight that I missed that, that it could be available to people in doing a time study and just varying, potentially varying when you do things at different times of the day, different times of the week, and look for some patterns to see, you know, like I was just referring to the blog, like, God, I wrote it in a half an hour that time, but I couldn't get beyond myself in that case. All right, so wait a minute, Melissa Glennie. Here's the million dollar question I have for you, because I think you're really onto something, but here's the question I have for you. When we talk about time and energy management, something usually has to break someone's back to make them make a change. Because mm -hmm. most people, you know, they'll, pro they'll I, Melissa, I always say, when someone says, Mark, I, I, I procrastinate a lot, can you help me? I go, no, why bother? You still get it done, don't you? So don't stop procrastinating because you still get it done. So here's my point, here's my question for you. There had to be a moment where you said, damn it, I am gonna do this time study because I am not, whatever it was that motivated you to do that time study, because what you're talking about is very high level time management. But what was it? What was it that pushed you? Because you know, so few people are proactive. They wait till something happens. So what pushed you? Well, Mark, I'll paint a picture of what I, I, I spent the majority of my life living like. I was always on the go. There was never enough time in the day. I always had more to do than I could possibly get done. And I, you know, <laughs> terrible habit I used to have, I wouldn't stop for gas. I was in sales, I was on the road, and I was rushing. I always booked things too tight. And inevitably I'd end up on the highway, praying I didn't hit traffic because I knew if I hit traffic, there's a good chance I'm gonna run out of gas. And I probably didn't take time to charge my cell phone. So I won't be able to call the client and tell them that I ran out of gas I'm on the side of the road. So this was the paranoia that I carried around for, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, that was really stupid. It would have taken me five minutes to get gas and then I could have relaxed. So part of that maybe is an addiction to the adrenaline. I don't know. Mm, interesting. Um, but, um, and, and I think you really hit on a great point earlier about guilt. Um, you know, I think that can be something else that people get used to feeling and just find ways of, find, of finding it. So, you know, constantly running late, not having your stuff together, you know, that kind of thing. So oh, I think, go ahead, keep going. No, you can't. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, I just think that, you know, that builds up to a level where I finally one day was like, I don't want to live like this. There's got to be a better way. And so that's when I started studying this. So Melissa, so what's the answer? So you didn't want to live. So the, so the million dollar question that I teach people when they want to improve time and energy management is to ask themselves one question. If you say you need to get better on that, why? What are you missing that if you got better, you would capture? So what were you specifically missing? Was it reduced stress? Was it, you know, uh, more positive, happy moods because you didn't have the stress? Like what? What were you missing? What emotion, quality, whatever were you missing that you said, no, enough is enough? I think it was peace. I think peace. it was having some moments where there was a sense of peace. Um, and, you know, it probably is even bigger than that. You know, when I really think about it, I, I, I love that you brought up procrastination because I think that for me, my observation has been procrastination is a great source of guilt. It's, I mean, it's, it's such a great generator of guilt if that's what you're going for. 
So, you know, when you ask people about procrastination, I'm just so curious what, you know, why people do it. Like what, what for? Well, I'll tell you right now, Lisa. So, you know, I'm a mindset guy. So can you imagine this conversation I typically have with people go something like this. So talking about your fantastic time study approach, you know, so, Hey, have you ever thought about kind of tracking your time and seeing the best optimal times of day and where your time is going and whatever. If you could see 90% of the time, if they don't say it, I could see the imaginary bubble above their head and it says, Oh great. Something else to do. Right. right? So this is the whole thing about a time study and time management is that you took a higher level approach. Yes. There was another task you had to add to get to the eventual answer to know what the best approach was, but it's like that long-term, you know, short-term pain, long-term gain kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that's really it, Melissa. It's just when people procrastinate, taking the necessary steps to do things differently, which means change, which people hate. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can know you have a problem, but to take the necessary steps to replace your habit is daunting to do the time study, which is an absolute fantastic idea that everybody should be doing, everybody, to get that enlightenment and awareness that you had the good sense to do, uh, feels like more work. So it's either habit change, different things that people don't like, or it feels like more work. And Melissa, I, I do this new thing now, you're gonna love this. I do this new thing now, that when I finish every program I do, I ask people to have a reductive mindset. Have you ever heard me say that before? I haven't. So a reductive mindset means think of a time in your life when you've learned something new, right? So you learn it, you maybe go to a seminar, hear a speaker, a workshop of some kind. And if you like it, and if it was good, you usually leave and go, yeah, I want to do some of those things, right? But typically people are so overwhelmed, hence your great idea of energy and time management. People are so overwhelmed that even if they like the concepts, the tools and strategies, it feels like more things they have to remember, more things they have to do. So a reductive mindset is, if someone says to you, um, you know, I think you should do the most important tasks every day, your immediate reaction is, oh, but what about my email? And what about this? And what about that? A reductive mindset would be, wait a minute, if I do the most important tasks, I'm going to be more effective because I'll be motivated and more effective at the rest of my day. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, oh my God, I have to change everything around in my life. It's wait, look what this would look like if I was able to do it. So you're reducing your, the reductive is you're reducing the amount of things you need to worry about by replacing mm -hmm. as opposed to, oh, here's more stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I'm really big. I'm trying to teach people because I know Melissa, I know people are constantly worried about, oh, something else to do, something else to remember. So that's why I came up with the reductive mindset. Mark, I love that because, you know, I, I think I was also considering people having awareness of the things that fuel them versus the things that drain them. Yep. And, and I really think that we can do better as employers and, uh, and, and as individuals in, in um, implementing our, our self-awareness and collaborating so that we can collectively work to our greatest potential 
So for example, um, I, I finally realized, you know, well, let me back up a little bit. When I was working through the years, the last 20 years for companies, uh, there were many things I didn't like to do. Um, and, and in retrospect, a lot of it, I just, I, I, it just drained me. I didn't like doing it because I, I didn't get motivated from it. I, I felt like this is, you know, stupid. I don't see the need or don't like doing this. And um, it was part of the job description. So that's too bad. You just, you have to do it. You know, sales being one of those examples, data entry. I, I don't know one salesperson who says, yes, I love doing my data entry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I doubt you do too. Nope. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, lo and behold, I'm finally 20 years in realizing that it is pot. There are people in this world who like to do data entry. And when we're forming teams, it is, it is um, just as easy to hire synergistically or easier to hire synergistically than it is to find that hybrid dynamic person who will do everything on the job description with alacrity and precision and it's you know perfect world. Um, I haven't seen that. So I think that it's really, you know, I even, here I go with my list again. I think that looking at everything that you have to do in a day or a week or a month and saying, does this, does this drain me or does it fuel me? And if you can get that, um, you know, kind of quantified list in your mind or on paper, and then, and then look at what you can delegate, automate, or eliminate. Love that. So, uh, and as business owners, yes. I mean, and leaders, yeah. I, I, I can understand someone making the argument, well, great, yes, you're the owner. Of course you can delegate or eliminate or automate. But, but um, you know, I, I think that there, there's definitely room for 360 degree leadership. And I encourage people even at, at entry level positions to, you know, maintain this awareness and bring it up to your leadership. It's only gonna help the company. It's, 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 you know, there's a personal interest, but it's gonna help the greater good as well. Well, and I have to tell you, uh, I just read a blog uh, called The Most Important Meeting of the Week. And the blog was basically about your one-on-one -on -one meetings with leaders and people on your team. And that, Melissa, is probably the one thing when I do company trainings that people say, well, I don't have time, like I can't do weekly meetings. I've got eight people on my team and whatever. And here we are with time management again. And what, what I love about this topic is time and energy management are very much interrelated. And so if you're a leader and you are making a unilateral decision, I don't have time to meet with each of my team members. I say to that later, you might as well hold up a sign to your team and go, why don't you watch everything I do over the course of the day? Because every single thing I do has to be more important than meeting with you or otherwise I would prioritize it. And that is time management, energy management to a T. And you know, now more than ever, Melissa, I just feel like what you're talking about is so essential because from an energy management perspective, it's a trickle down. If you make that time for the people on your team, then you're gonna feel more energized because you've strengthened the relationship and they're gonna feel more energized because they feel validated and heard. So that, that leadership aspect you're talking is, is big. I, I was just thinking about what you're saying this morning and I love that you're saying this. Um, when I was running, I thought, you know, I've always reserved what I've known to be my most energetic uh, time, I would say like emotionally and mentally for sales calls. 
it's when I'm, I'm on and you know, sharp. And I thought, I've been doing it wrong. That's when I should be meeting with my team, when I'm mm-hmm. infectious, because I need to infect them more than anybody else. Right. right. So right. I, I love that you just said that. And, I, and you know, one final thought I have on this is, I was thinking about this earlier this morning, actually. Um, I was thinking that, you ever hear when people say, I need to remember to do that? Yes. Okay. So, so here we go with time management again. So I need to remember to do that. As opposed to, would you be stunned, Melissa, if you heard someone say, I need to learn how to remember to do that? (laughs) Right? So when you, all these little phrases we say over the course of the day or week, they're excuses, they're get out of jail freeze, because when you say, I need to remember to do that, what that really means is you haven't identified the why or the benefit to remember to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's time management to a T. And, you know, I look at a truly final thought for me on this is I look at working out. I have seen hundreds of times over the course of my life, how much more energy I have, how much it changes my mood when I work out. Yet to this day, I am still not consistently working out. So I'm right, because I don't have time, right? You know, so <laughs> it's all mental, Melissa. So much of it's, it's all mental to me. And you know what you're saying, Mark, I feel like it goes back to energy and realize and the, the different patterns of energy and kind of that's, uh, that's a great point that you just made, because I think it's important for us to um, recognize that our energies run in, I'll say, four categories. We have most of the time, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says to you, well, how's your energy? What do you think of first? Like, well, I'm standing, I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm not yeah. right now. I, I'm fine. I guess I'm OK. I guess it's good. We don't think like, well, how's my emotional energy? How's my spiritual energy? How's my mental energy? Like, it's sort of secondary. We don't keep stock of those things. So- oh, Melissa, you know what I heard you say there? I'm sorry to cut you off because I want to keep hearing from you on this. You, you said something so profound. I don't even know if you realize what you really said there is our standard when we answer that question is so low that we don't even think of the things that you said we should be thinking of. That's profound how low our standard is there. I didn't even think of it in that context, but you're spot on. So we're not even paying attention to, you know, what you said about, well, I don't have the time to exercise. Well, if you recognize that, well, you know that the exercise is benefiting you. It's, 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 uh, it's benefiting you in one of those other categories. I'm assuming, you know, it's, it's doing something to feed the overall spectrum. I like that. So like maybe that. we think about the energy in these different tanks, right? And yeah, yeah. evaluate. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and evaluate each each tank. Uh, you know, is any is any one of them empty? And if you fill it up a little bit, what does that do for all the others? Well, I have to tell you, Melissa. I I think we're the way we start this discussion to have much more profound impact on habit and behavior and motivation is I think we rename time management to energy management. And I'm not being funny. I I think that time management is such an outdated, old, used phrase that people like, I know, time management, procrastination, but energy management really makes you think differently because my energy, not my time, my energy. Because apparently time's not motivating people, even though it's the most precious commodity for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Like I was saying earlier at the beginning, it, it's it's finite. 
but energy can be replenished and conserved. So if you want to hack, that's the thing to hack. You, you can't hack something that's finite, right? Right. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm all for energy management from here on out. That's a great topic. It's a great topic. And uh, I, I, I am constantly trying to evaluate just in my own life and my own decisions. And that's where COVID, you know, final thought for me today is that's where COVID, I think, has had some real upside for me because it's really made me reflect and still not perfect, far from it. Like I'm still falling back into old patterns and habits from time to time. But in general, I've been thinking and been much more thoughtful about my time and my energy and how it impacts others and my relationships and so on and so forth. So it's good stuff. Uh, that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. And Mark, I, you know, you just made me think of um, so many companies that I'm working with. I'm noticing, um, I'm noticing a shift. I remember five, six years ago, I had placed someone who was in training and around three in the afternoon, she went to her supervisor and she's like, you know what? I hit a wall. I can't do this anymore today. I, I need to go home. And if I was, I was afraid I was never going to hear the end of that. There was no patience for you. Do not hit a wall when you're in training. Was the attitude? Uh, I don't think she ultimately was allowed to stay. That was a real black mark for her. Um, but I, I'm seeing employers extending so much more grace to employees today that that I'm just so encouraged that we're learning how to recognize each other as a human being and work together to find solutions. There's no win, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, just sucking it up and win-lose scenarios. I mean, figuring out win-wins. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm really excited. It's kind of restoring my faith in humanity to see how this is happening in, in my world in the, in the clients that I work with. That's awesome. Yeah. I think you could provide such a value. You know, I look at, um, that comment you made earlier about the standard of energy. And I know you support so many HR people and companies and hiring managers and such on this stuff. And I, I think it's funny, you know, we are in a world where you and I, we're, I, I mean, I don't believe anymore we're in a world where we can just do what we have always done. We've got to add value in every way we can to our clients. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a way that you really do add value to people is, thinking things through around time and energy because um, it's just, it's just something I don't think people are thinking about how it impacts their relationships and lives enough. So it's great stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for that feedback. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, I appreciate you joining the conversation on this one today. It's, uh, it's going to be, um, it's going to be something I need to, I think we need to talk about again. Yeah. There's more thought to give on this and uh, come back to the table with some more stories and uh, hopefully some more ideas. And, you know, our lead final thought on this is uh, catch them, keep them, the name of our podcast, right? If you think about it, um, keeping them, keeping them, so to speak, is these are the things that you're going to retain quality people at your company if you pay attention to, to time management and energy management and engagement. These are fundamental factors of that. So we're saying this is a good way to keep them. That's the goal. Right? That's why we're here. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So thanks, Melissa. All right. Thanks, Mark. Always good a good time. All, All right. right. Take care. Bye -bye. You too.
Thanks for joining us on the Catch Him and Keep Him podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss us next time. In the meantime, remember that engaging your people is a daily task and recruiting is a process, not an event. If you need help, just ask. Connect directly with Melissa at franklinprofessionals.com and Mark at mindsetgo.com.